channel utilization, what exactly is it? And why do I care, right? That's what we really want to know. So what is it? Why do I care? Uh, so what is it? It's the amount of activity that's kind of going on in the wireless uh, LAN. Uh, and this, it can include not just the Wi-Fi traffic, but uh, any nearby Wi-Fi traffic. For instance, your neighbor. Uh, if you're a corporation and you've got, you know, you're in a building and you've got some uh, people below you, obviously they got their wireless LAN and they're not coordinating with you, then obviously that could run, run into some issues. Uh, and it could also be things like other types of technology, for instance, Bluetooth uh, uh, or Zippy. So why do you care? Uh, well, the reason why you care is because as that channel utilization goes up, your performance is going to drop. So that's why you care. Uh, so you can kind of think about this as the, 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 the traffic on the highway. Everybody's experienced this, right? You're on the highway, it's like really crowded. And what happens to your speed? <laughs> it goes like way down. It's the same thing. Uh, if you got a ton, ton of people, you know, as people come into the office, start using the wireless LAN, if they start doing something, a large amount of traffic, for instance, some backup over wireless, you're going to see your performance really start to drop. So you kind of like, it's like, sometimes this is not always obvious. It's like, you mean you're telling me that as I use it, because right when I start to use it and I need it, that my performance is going to go down? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the way it goes. Uh, that uh, Wireless is a shared medium. Uh, the good news though, uh, they just give a little bit of a <laughs> seven signal pitch is that seven signal customers are able to know the details about that channel utilization, able to manage that. Uh, you kind of think of this as the, uh, you've probably seen these uh, signs on the highway. Uh, you're going along and the, the sign kind of tells you, well, you know, it's going to take you this long if you go this way and this long if it goes another way. And that's really what they're doing. They're kind of looking at the utilization of the highway, how many people are on that highway and how long it's going to take you to get. And now you might have an alternate route and you can kind of get there quicker. Uh, so it's kind of like the same thing that we're looking at with wireless lands. Here we're kind of like, uh, also kind of showing it as the, uh, the, you kind of put together like throughput and channel utilization. Uh, when you're going off and you're taking a look at the, um, the throughput, uh, you're typically in the middle of the night, you know, nobody's in the office, uh, you'll see that the throughput goes way up uh, and the channel utilization goes way down. This is another thing that, you know, kind of bring up is, is that uh, people that are not customers of Southern Signal, they kind of say, well, I'll go in there in the middle of the night because they don't want to bother people and they'll run their tests. If you run tests and you've got problems in the middle of the night, you've really got some problems. And then when people should start showing up, that you're, you're really going to have problems. Uh, so that's, it's, it's kind of like telling you, it's kind of like in the best scenario how things are working. Really what you want to know is when people are in the office and running, how is their performance going? Um, uh, we do have, uh, uh, trying to give you a sense of uh, the seven signal visibility when we get into uh, not just the sensors and kind of going, uh, we'll call eyes and then kind of giving uh, channel utilization. Oh, we, we bring some of the same information into Mobileye uh, and what we're kind of doing is showing that information here. I know, I know Don said that no commercials, but I did get a peek on the next release, which is coming up for Mobileye. It's, there's some cool stuff there. <laughs> so so <laughs> if you get a chance, if you're a Mobileye uh, customer, uh, that, that they're, uh, I'm giving up some super secret stuff that there's uh, a release coming out and it's going to have some cool stuff here. That's allowed, Dave. You can do that. Okay. 
Uh, and it'll be much cooler than this graph. <laughs> uh, this graph is just kind of showing you that the same thing on Moli, where you could kind of end up, we'll give you some information about, well, is it uh, co-channel interference? Is it adjacent channel interference? And then you could kind of get into it and uh, find out some more information about that. Uh, to figure, and this, this all relates to channel utilization. Well, why is there that the utilization so high? Here, we're kind of, you're able to kind of dig into it, and you could kind of see how somebody went crazy with the SSIDs there. That was actually me, by the way. <laughs> I was doing some testing, uh, so that uh, you know this would not be a good idea to run that many SSIDs on the same channel. Uh, somebody overdid it. Yeah, that was me. Uh, sometimes we run into this that, that customers uh, that or people would just generally say, uh, well, you know, two four is garbage. Blah blah blah. What do you could do about it? Wham, wham, boo-hoo. I'm going to stick my head in the sand. Uh, don't stick your head in the sand. Uh, there's plenty that you could do about it. Uh, if you know details about what's going on, and that's basically what the signal does, is it kind of gives you that information. So you could say, oh, this is what's going on. I'll adjust uh, to uh, get around it, or at least minimize it. So let's dive into channel utilization. What, what exactly is channel utilization? Uh, so, the, you know, if you hear the term channel utilization and you start to get worried that that's too technical, don't worry about it. Uh, you know, an analogy is uh, when we're talking about, um, when we say a channel, uh, you can think about it like with a TV broadcast. Uh, well, you, you could say, go to channel three. Uh, well, uh, when you say channel three, well, what does that mean? That's kind of like saying, well, tune to a 63 megahertz uh, with a six megahertz wide bandwidth. Uh, that's kind of like a mouthful. So it's a lot easier just to say, well, go to channel three. That's the same thing that Wi-Fi does. You know, if it's on 2.4, you might say, go to channel one, six or 11. Uh, likewise, you could say the different channels on five gigahertz or six gigahertz. It's a lot easier than trying to specify the frequency and the channel bandwidth and so forth. Uh, primary locations for Wi-Fi channels. Uh, there, there's, uh, I'm also kind of trying to uh, bring up the differences here between 2.4 and 5 gigahertz. I didn't bring up 6 gigahertz in here, but that's also kind of interesting as well. Uh, I, I do refer to it a little bit later on, uh, that if you're looking at channel utilization, strictly on 2.4 versus 5 gigahertz, you're going to see that 2.4 is typically going to be much higher than 5 gigahertz. And there's some reasons for that. And that's kind of like in the, the table up above. One of the big things uh, that we talk about is a non-overlapping channel. So in 2.4, there's only three. Five gigahertz, there's 25 if you just use 20 megahertz wide channels. Likewise, if you'd extend that to six gigahertz that you'd see, oh, you know what, there's a ton more room. Uh, so therefore, that that's one way of kind of like allowing more, um, bringing that channel utilization down. Lowest data rate is also uh, related to this. It's uh, with a lower data rate, uh, it takes longer on air to transmit the same data. Uh, and since some of these are drastically different, you, know, you think about it, one megabits per second versus 300 megabits per second. Obviously, that's vastly different. Uh, it's going to be on the air uh, you know, a lot longer if you're just transmitting at one megabit per second. And then uh, all things being equal, if you were to transmit on 2.4 versus 5 gigahertz, you're going to go much farther on 2.4 uh, then on 5 gigahertz. And then likewise, that there's other devices we were talking about, like Zigbee, Bluetooth, and so forth, and then baby monitors. There's a higher um, chance of you having interference for some other type of device on 2.4 than 5 gigahertz. So all of those types adding up together, you're going to see that on 2.4, you're going to have a higher channel utilization, generally. Uh, we talked about 
um, that the three non-overlapping channels, two, four, and then likewise, why is that an impact? If uh, sometimes people get confused because they're thinking about being at home, when they're saying, well, at home, you know, the, the implications are I have one, two access points. So it's not that big of a deal. If I got three non-overlapping channels, I got two, I got one to spare. <laughs> but if you're in an office, now I've got a ton of access points that are deployed, right? And so therefore now it's very difficult, and I'm showing these colors uh, to the chart on the left, where it's saying, well, it's very difficult to have it so that these are not overlapping, that you're using the same channel in the same area. It's gonna be impossible. Uh, if you go to five gigahertz though with uh, 20 megahertz white channels, then you can kind of see uh, the chart on the right. So you know, it's very easy to make it so that you don't have, you're not running on the same channel uh, right next to each other. Uh, this is kind of the same thing that I'm talking about. And uh, the other thing I kind of mentioned is that, that the wireless is a shared medium. Uh, if you think way uh, for people that are old enough and they used to think about hubs instead of switches, hubs is where it's a shared medium on, on the wire, whereas switches, they kind of segment that all off. Uh, another thing that could happen to increase the um, channel utilization is just uh, a poor channel planning. Uh, and that's what we're kind of showing here is that say for instance, that somebody, you kind of like went, I like one uh, channel one, <laughs> you kind of like deployed it or maybe something like RM or ARM uh, went off and kind of went crazy and decided to put uh, everybody on channel one except for a couple of uh, access points. Well then obviously, then you're gonna see that on channel one that that channel utilization is much higher. Uh, and then this is basically what we're doing is we're kind of, we do have a uh, a report to kind of show you that happening uh, to say, oh, you know what? Uh, and then this is a lot of times with wireless, and I'm sure you kind of, you've seen this, somebody might say that they're having a problem and they're on wireless. Somebody right next to them might be on wireless as well and that they are having a problem. Really difficult to understand. It's like, well, which access point are you on and what channel are you on? Well, here, you know, if you're on the one that's on channel one, that's very heavily used, then your experience is gonna be drastically different. So therefore you'd wanna know that. So the poor channel planning that the analogy that I use is that the on the highway, is, say for instance, you got this multi-lane highway, uh, should be able to accommodate a lot of traffic, but if everybody was in the high speed lane, uh, it's like, well, that's not really a good idea. You might wanna spread out there a little bit, be able to go a little bit faster. Uh, channel widths also lie into this. Uh, when I talked about on five gigahertz that there are like 25 uh, non-overlapping channels, that's with 20 megahertz. Now, if you double it to 40, obviously you're gonna have less. Uh, if you use 80 and 160, obviously you're gonna have less and less channels. Uh, 11, 82 to 11N uh, introduced the notion of 40 megahertz wide channels. Uh, and then uh, likewise, that since that was such a great thing, People said, well, let's, 40 megahertz is great. 80 is gonna be even better. <laughs> and uh, and then 160 is even, even, even greater. Uh, there are some side effects to that. If you're at home, it's probably not that big of a deal because you're just one access point. But if you're in a carpeted office, then that's gonna be an issue. Uh, so when we talk about 24, uh, here I'm kind of showing the different channels uh, and channel widths. Uh, this is where we kind of say, look at if you're running with 40 megahertz wide channels, it's kind of easy to see that you're gonna enter um, you're overlapping with two, you're, in, you're overlapping with channel one and six. So therefore we kind of say, that's not really a good idea. 
Now you might say that, well, what about, uh, I heard about this Wi-Fi 6, 802.11ax, and uh, you kind of run uh, 40 megahertz uh, there. There, I would still say you may want to hold off on, still run just like 20 megahertz wide channels. Um, there'd be a lot, that I think that that would be a big long discussion on it on its own. One way you might think about it is, well, if you did introduce uh, a Wi-Fi 6 on 24, are, are all your access points running that? Are all your clients running that? Probably not. Uh, so therefore, it's, it might not be such a great idea. Uh, channel widths. I hear, you know, this guy probably thought it was a good idea that it's like, hey, let's just, let's just make it wider. Uh, I gotta make, I make less trips. Uh, maybe for him it's a good idea, but the guy that's behind it, it's like, well, maybe, maybe I don't want to follow so close. It might not be such a good idea. Channel selection also, like when we talked about it, I, this is especially true on 2.4 that we kind of talk about there's 1, 6, and 11 that are not overlapping. Uh, you want to avoid those uh, channels that are in between there because you're not only impacting one, but you're impacting like a couple channels. If you're driving along and you might've seen this as well. And if you if you saw this, uh, you know, you might be using some expletives. <laughs> I'll leave that out. Uh, there might be some children out there. Uh, so you might be saying something like, hey, pick a line, buddy. Uh, and uh, so that everybody is, will calm down a little bit. Uh, this is giving an idea of the, the, the number of channels that we're talking about. And I had talked about 80 and 160 megahertz wide channels. Uh, the thing that, now this is on five gigahertz strictly. Uh, and the thing that they're kind of showing here is if you were using 160 megahertz wide channels uh, in five gigahertz, uh, you're taking yourself into the direction of 2.4, where uh, we talked about 2.4, it's like it's only got three non-overlapping channels. Here, there's only two. And if you say, well, I've got DFS, you got like none. Uh, so you really, what you, if you want um, to go with um, uh, the larger channels, there's a great opportunity. We already had a webinar talking about it, and that's to go to um, uh, six gigahertz with Wi-Fi 6E. Uh, in that if you're running with 160 megahertz wide channels or 40, 80 megahertz wide channels, you really want to think about that uh, in the five gigahertz space, because that's going to increase your channel utilization. We also kind of give you an idea of, uh, from our reporting as to what channel widths are being used. So it's kind of easy to uh, figure out, oh, this is uh, to the one that's in the uh, the middle, that it's kind of easy to see that, oh, that's not a big deal because there's nothing there. But the one on the right, it's actually, there's a number of other access points that are operating there and that they're going to be uh, causing that channel utilization to go up. So let's talk a little bit more about the details about channel utilization. Uh, we talked about you know channel planning and so forth, uh, but what about the traffic itself that kind of goes on? Uh, there's a, a lot of different things that are gonna be transmitted uh, and I'm trying to show that whether that's the Wi-Fi traffic itself, there's the data traffic, which I'm kind of showing there in blue. You wanna maximize that, that's the good stuff. Uh, and then there's management traffic. Uh, just like just like at work, you, you hate to have too much management. Uh, it's good to have some strong management uh, and all that's great, uh, but you don't want to have a bunch of management taking up and using up all, all the resources. Uh, and here, what you end up seeing is that you can't that can happen, and that by using seven signal to kind of see the details of it, you could now start to minimize it. Uh, and one of the things I kind of wanted to show here is to kind of we end up breaking up the traffic into different types of categories. For instance, uh, what about the beacons? 
what about the other management type of traffic? What about the data traffic itself? And if once you're able to kind of see that, you're able to say, oh, you know what? I can see that uh, by uh, re reporting the different types of traffic. Here, I can kind of see that 85% of the traffic, that's actually just being used by the beacons coming out. So, you know, sometimes people don't realize it. it's like, oh, I, I got all these people. They, they think, oh, because I've got all these people on it, that that that's why the Wi-Fi doesn't work. And it's really, well, you've kind of overloaded with the number of access points. They're all sending out these beacons. Uh, well, that's going to go off and make your channel utilization go up. And therefore, as people start to use it, it's like, you know, really, that's what you really need to reduce is that uh, overhead. Uh, so what effects, uh, uh, what if you could kind of make those beacons coming out less often? This is actually something that, you know, you kind of uh, set up and configure. Uh, typically, by default, that um, they come out like 10 times a second, the beacons. Uh, and you could adjust that so that it's kind of coming out like maybe every um, uh, three times a second, roughly. Uh, then also that what ends up causing the channel utilization to go up is, I was talking about the data rates. Uh, and if you are, uh, those beacons go out at the, the lowest data rate, the mandatory data rate, uh, so, for instance, if you said, well, I've got these one megabit devices out there, or, or maybe you don't have those one megabit devices, and, well, the beacon itself is going to go out at that very low data rate. Here, you kind of see it becomes wider. It takes longer to transmit. You don't want it to be wide and long. You want it to be narrow and quick, get off the air. Uh, so, therefore, if you're able to kind of make that data rate quicker, higher, that the, the amount of time that's going to go on is going to go uh, lower, and your channel utilization is going to go down. The other thing that could make the, your channel utilization go up is the number of SSIDs that you support. Uh, it's very useful to have uh, multiple SSIDs. For instance, typically that uh, people will have like a corporate network and then a guest network. So it's kind of like two, not a big deal. Sometimes that there'll be some kind of specialty uh, SSID. Okay, three. Not Still not too bad. Uh, but as you start to use more and more um, uh, uh, SSIDs, what's actually happening? Well, you're sending out multiple uh, SSIDs. If you're sending, if you supported like the corporate and uh, a guest network, in reality, what's happening is on the same channel, uh, you're sending out two beacons. That's causing your channel utilization to basically double. So, if it, when it comes to uh, the beacons, uh, so obviously that's not good. You want to try to reduce that. Uh, and if you've gone crazy where you've said, well, I've got nine. 12 SSIDs, <laughs> you'd see that by reducing that, by collapsing some of those SSIDs, that you'd have a dramatic impact as far as the uh, airtime utilization, and therefore your performance. Uh, and a big concern, uh, I, I talked about kind of typically going out 10 times per second. And if you said, well, instead of them kind of going out 10 times per second, if you were to make it so that they kind of go out less uh, frequently, it'll make it so that uh, that the channel utilization will go down. By doing these number of things, you, you can kind of see that on 2.4 that things will drastically improve your performance. Uh, you can see that here we're making some some changes uh, and that you got a 80% reduction in overhead. Uh, so what does that relate to? You know, obviously people might not really care about the overhead, but what about their user experience? Well, the throughput goes up by 23%. Here you can see their, their connection stability. This is where people really care is you know i've connected and you kind of see your connection going in and out people hate that 
<laughs> Trust me on this one. <laughs> you really want to see a strong connection. Uh, and so therefore, by reducing that overhead, you're making that connection more stable and, and therefore you, that the uh, user experience is, is uh, greatly improved. So what all are we doing? Removing support for uh, older devices, you know, that are transmitting at like one megabit per second. We're reducing the number of SSIDs and then we're extending the, the beacon period. Those three things there, if, you know, sometimes you might say, well, I can only do two of those. There's three things that you can kind of go off and do and you'll improve uh, your performance. Uh, typically, this is on 2.4, just because that 2.4 has only got those three non-overlapping channels. Another note about beacons. <laughs> it's like, Dave, you're going to talk more about beacons? Um, that you might uh, look at one of the reports you might see that your printer is showing up and you say, well, what the heck is that all about? Uh, and there's a feature called Wi-Fi Direct, uh, which is uh, something that your the printer starts acting as an access point, basically. Uh, and if it's already wired up, you know, via Ethernet, then there's no point to that. And so therefore, you know, and what's happening is, is that that beacon, like I was saying, is increasing the channel utilization. Turning it off will improve your user experience if you're already wired. Um, so sometimes people will ask me, even though I've got a lot of wireless experience at home, I've got a lot of devices that are wired. Uh, and why, why do I do that at home? My, my, my television, it's sitting there. I'm not moving my big screen TV. <laughs> So there's no point in having it uh, running wireless. I'll run it wired, and therefore that I, I don't have to worry about that channel utilization increasing. Then when, when I do use the wireless, that it's it's better. So is your uh, printer connected via Ethernet? If it is, that you don't really need that, uh, and you can kind of disable that functionality, and therefore in, in, increase uh, your um, uh, usability. Uh, then besides, there's a lot of other management type of traffic besides beacons. Uh, there's probe uh, requests and probe responses. The, this is where you're kind of like trying to roam. The, the, the client card is going off and looking for the different access points. Uh, and uh, that can also, if you're in a crowded space, you really see this uh, in things like libraries, arenas. Uh, you want to take a look and say, um, you don't want all access points responding to that probe res uh, request. You want to put some kind of like, additional uh, conditions on why that the, the, the access point would um, respond, that the, uh, the number of the, uh, the AP manufacturers have features that kind of do this, where they'd say, hey, you know what, if I only uh, receive that the probe request with a certain signal strength, therefore I kind of know that it's close, therefore then respond. But if it's really far away, what's some other access point uh, respond to it? That'll reduce the amount of uh, uh, channel utilization based on those probe requests coming out. Uh, what else consumes um, stuff? Uh, yeah, there's other things that are out there. Uh, for instance, there could be interference. Uh, a lot of times people in 2.4 talk about the microwave ovens. Uh, and then there could be other types of transmissions. For instance, I talked about Zigbee and, and um, uh, Bluetooth. Here we do uh, spectrum analysis on uh, the um, the Sapphire side of things. And it's kind of easier then to kind of pick up and see where things are coming out. Uh, if you're looking at the, these graphs, it's kind of easy then to kind of see, oh, that there's some uh, Zigbee that are kind of coming out, which I kind of pointed to. The spiky things that are coming out uh, one megahertz part, uh, that's Bluetooth. And you're able to kind of then see uh, how much that there's uh, by doing the waterfall report, uh, how much is actually going, kind of going off. Uh, if you, um, now, Bluetooth, as, as it's on its own, if you've got like just the phones, it's not a big deal. But there are times where you'd say, oh, you know what? There's a heavy usage of Bluetooth. 
for instance, if you're a help desk and everybody's wearing these headsets that are running Bluetooth, uh, and it says very crowded, using a lot of Bluetooth, then you might see that in the waterfall report that there's just a lot of uh, uh, Bluetooth traffic that's causing interference. And this is where I start to turn things back over to Don and say, hey, do we got any questions? Yeah, uh, great. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for that uh, overview of uh, channel utilization. Very helpful. Uh, and I've got a, a couple of messages already about uh, getting a copy of the slides and we'll be, we be sharing a copy of the recording. Um, the, the answer is yes to all those questions. Uh, we do uh, share these presentations via email and also um, we post those to our YouTube channel. Um, so got a couple of questions here and uh, a couple other folks uh, pinging me about where they're dialing in from. Florida, Switzerland, Southeast PA, um, Royal Oak, and it looks like most folks are, are working from home. So um, uh, first question here is from Michael, and uh, he's talking about consumer access points. He says, uh, don't consumer models typically use a smaller or limited number of five gigahertz channels, increasing probability of co-channel interference? Yeah, what you might be referring to is that um, the uh, the flip side to it is the enterprise side will typically support the uni uh, two channels that were uh, uh, radar detection is required and consumer grade uh, access points they might be um, say well we're not going to even bother with that you know just run on channels below, um, below and above that don't require that yes that would reduce the number of channels on five gigahertz uh, and so therefore that that would also cause that the uh, channel utilization go up now you might think about it as well as where are these used if it's used at home uh, might not be that big of a deal because you you don't have that many of them. But if you are in an office and you're using one of those uh, uh, access points there, then uh, you, know, you might want to spend the money um, because now that you've seen the channel utilization slides that kind of tell you why you want to do that, <laughs> that you'd say, oh, this is why that you'd want, you'd spend the mo extra money on one of those enterprise access points. Dave, you changed the world today with this this channel utilization <laughs> presentation. So. Uh, Thanks for the question, Michael. Thanks for the response, Dave. Um, question from Miner here. Um, is Seven Signal software or, or hardware? Um, in case you missed the, the first part of the presentation, uh, Seven Signal is a software company. We're a software as a service company. Now, Mobileye is our agent that installs directly on the devices, and Sapphire Eye is our software enabled hardware or sensor. Um, but we don't charge for hardware anymore. We're completely software as a service is subscription based. Uh, but thanks for the question, Miner. Uh, Ahmed uh, asking a question about uh, getting a copy of the slides. Uh, yep, uh, this will be on demand. It'll be on YouTube, so you can access it there. Um, can you say a bit more about the potential issues that may be caused by increasing the beacon interval? I always understood that was a bad idea. Increasing the beacon interval, yeah, that's um, increasing the beacon interval. If you think back to those slides, basically what I was showing was that by uh, making that the length of time between the, the beacons going out makes it so that the transmissions go down, so therefore the channel utilization go down, it kind of improves. So it's the converse as it happens. If you start sending those out more frequently, then what you're going to do is you're adding that overhead uh and really you know if you think about it that um that the beacons going out 
that as long as you're not on a, um, a channel that's with radar, you're able to use the probe requests and probe responses to figure out if there's a channel, uh, if there's an access point available, which is gonna be more of a proactive type of approach. Uh, so therefore, it's not, not, uh, you don't really want to send uh, them uh, uh, out very frequently. Another thing that you might be th concerned about is that uh, sometimes people will say, oh, we don't want to play with that. Uh, because we have some old devices, and by old I mean, you know, like uh, when 802.11 first came out, like basically like around 2000 or something like that. There are some devices, embedded devices, that if you, especially you know, like on 2.4, that you're saying um, these are some very old embedded devices from a really long time ago, and they don't really go by the standard. That <laughs> they just kind of. Uh, are very uh, narrowly fixed, and those devices, because that they're developed, they're not uh, open to that the uh, beacon period changing uh, and make uh, you know varying. Uh, that that would uh, be a, sometimes of a concern. But those are usually kind of some very specific um, concerns uh, about older devices. If you got some relatively newer devices within the last five years or something like that, I would say that that should not be a concern. That uh, that they'll be able to handle that. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for the question, John. Uh, Michael is responding back in about, uh, he says he's got lots of neighbors using 152. Um, you know, so, and, and a lot of our engineers now are dealing with a lot of home routers um, and having challenges there. Well, you know, is there something to be said for mesh uh, networks, Dave? Any thoughts on that and how channel utilization um, you know, maybe is optimized by mesh networks. I, I've got an Eero network at home, and I, I, uh, I love that uh, that system. That's actually a, like a really good question uh, because uh, with uh, the mesh type of systems, that it, it kind of depends on that the mesh, the one that's kind of going back, is it using the same channel or is it using a different channel that it's providing access? If it's, if it's, I think sometimes it depends on, uh, you might get a lower cost mesh uh, AP by saying, oh, it's gonna use the same radio for access as going back. Uh, and now the cost of that is obviously, all the, if all the traffic going back is on that same channel that you're providing access, you're gonna have more channel utilization. Uh, so I would spring the money for uh, a more expensive solution uh, with mesh that would have a different radio, so it could be on a different channel. Uh, it could be on a different like transmit power as well, uh, and therefore, you know, reducing your overall uh, channel utilization. Thank you, Dave, uh, and thanks for the note, Michael. Um, so we've got time for I think one more question here. I'm going to ask uh, David's question. Uh, David is from New York City. It says, "Does DFS?" Uh, uh, does DFS channels increase utilization? Uh, and what's your recommendation for DFC channels? Uh, Dave says he's using 7Signal in a hospital. So um, thanks for the question, David. Hope to see you at the, the virtual users group uh, at the end of the month. And a great name, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that uh, what um, radar detection is going to do is uh, it kind of depends on what types of issues that you end up running into. Uh, if you're in the area uh, where that there is no radar going on and that there's no uh, radar detection events and you have some equipment that does not provide a bunch of false radar detects, then you might say, well, things are going great. 
Um, but either of those are going to cause some severe um, disruptions to you. Uh, what ends up happening is when the access point, uh, it's called like the master, that if he kind of goes off uh, and detects that there's uh, some radar, it's got to get off the channel. And so therefore, if there's false detects, then you're going to end up seeing that they're going to have to, you know, get off of those channels, go onto the channel that, you know, that after a while, if you start picking up on all of the uh, uh, uni two type channels, then you'd end up saying, oh, I, the only place I got to go are some limited set of channels. Obviously, those channels are going to start to go up in channel utilization. So therefore, uh, that's one of the other advantages of, you know, if you're aware of, look, if you sat in on some of the uh, Wi-Fi 6E uh, webinar that we did, when we were talking about 6 gigahertz, that the approach is completely different there, that that, that there's a uh, reporting mechanism to kind of go back uh, instead of trying to detect that there's something there. Uh, and that avoids the whole false tech type of problem. All right. Well, thanks for that response, David. I hope that helps.